Hello, it's Denise from Women Beyond a Certain Age. We have a wonderful guest today. Her name is Colleen Worthington. I received Colleen's cookbook and it's just a beautiful cookbook that can help, I think, all kinds of people that cook. I think if you are new at it, their recipes are well-written, you know they're tested, they have beautiful color photographs, and they're fun and delicious looking recipes. I don't know how else to say it. And everybody knows I get like 20 cookbooks a month and I don't like all of them, <laughs> but I love this one. Sorry, Colleen, you're gonna find out I'm very honest. So welcome, hello, Colleen. Oh, it's so nice to be with you. I am just delighted and humbled. Well, I'm gonna tell you something. We, uh, uh, there's two things I just wanna tell the listeners. We were going to record yesterday and Colleen is traveling. And as she said, she is time zone handicapped, which of course was music to my ears because I don't know how long I've been doing this, Colleen, but I don't know what time it is anywhere else in the world, okay? So I always say to people, my time, my time, and then make them do the math. But, and it didn't matter and we were happy to do it this morning, but I need you to know something which ties into one of the things that I'm gonna read to the readers from your cookbook because I think it's so important. Colleen, so we said, no, we'll reschedule. Colleen apologized and said, I'm so sorry. And I thought to myself, oh my God, somebody who has manners because it's very difficult sometimes in this day and age. Um, for people to do just that. So I I am so grateful that you could, we could reschedule and this is just lovely. So I'm gonna ask you a couple of questions, Colleen, but first I'm just gonna read a little bit about you. This is right in Colleen's book. Oh, and by the way, the cookbook is called Kneaders. K-N-E-A-D-E-R-S, kneading as in bread. And that's also the name of Colleen and her husband's business, her family business, Neaters. So here's what I want to read to you. Together with her husband, Gary, the Worthingtons pursued their interests in scratch-made artesian breads. They worked closely with their local mill to develop an exclusive flour mixture and located an ideal traditional Italian hearth stone oven. Their first bakery opened in Utah in 1997, where they served European hearth breads. Within a few months, they expanded to offer a variety of sandwiches, soups, salads, and pastries. In their first quarter century, they have expanded to 49 stores in six southwestern states. Now, Colleen, that's amazing. Well, I think so, too. <laughs> a lot of good people helping. Uh, well. Isn't that the truth? Now, let me tell people a little bit. Of, you tell us something else, Colleen. Isn't this your, wasn't Neater's your retirement job? <laughs> yes. Yeah, we retired. We retired and that lasted for about eight years. And then we were bored. So we thought, let's get back to work. We still have some life in us. We were 50 and 55, my husband was, but yes. we still had a lot to offer. And I miss the employees. I miss the customers. I just wanted to contribute to the community. Isn't that, that's incredible and wonderful. And I know how you feel. I know what you mean. It's important. With what Colleen just told us, I just want to say this, and then we're going to talk about your family, Colleen, and how they've been in your business. And also 
Well, you just told us you wanted to contribute more, which is wonderful. Colleen's book has got photographs, recipes, tips, stories, uh, the story of she and Gary meeting in college, stories about her children that all work in the business. But this really struck me, Colleen, and this is in your book talking about our legacy. This is just a paragraph. And then I want you to talk. Both of us learned great principles from their first jobs, what Colleen is talking about. If you really want something, you can work hard and get it. The world needs productive people. When problems arise, don't quit. Think of a hundred possible solutions and something will work. And you are happiest when you help others. Now, this is what the world needs today. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to tell you this, and then I want you to talk about your beginnings. Because here's an example. I try to still mentor. I was, I, I do a few private workshops. Colleen, I still write. You know, I do a few things. But I, I, I was ready to retire and um, looking forward to what else I can do. But because I was in the business for so long, in styling and media and television, I get lots of texts from young women in their careers. And they're succeeding, I mean, without a doubt. But I love the ones that say to me, and they're just looking, I, I know they're looking for words of encouragement. But when they say to me, oh, but Denise, I'm, I work all the time and I work really hard. And I say, what were you expecting? <laughs> I, I, I felt like saying, and that's why when I, it just happened to me yesterday, actually. When I oh, read that, your, yeah, when I read that in your book this morning, I thought, you're, pre you pre you're preparing your children. You obviously prepared your children and your grandchildren that that's what a legacy and that's what a family business is. You know what I mean? And I do. Good for you. So tell us how this started. Please tell us how this started. Well, we owned a piece of property that was pretty close to our house where there was an old gas station and we were renting it to someone who was doing car repairs. And um, Gary made friends with the man who owns Lehigh Roller Mills. And they were on a committee together and they did a lot of talking. And Sherm was always saying to Gary, you know, I'm not making enough money at my mill. I do these wonderful flour. And he's a boutique um, miller. And so he does specialty flowers for people. And Gary said, it's what you need to do is get to the end product where there's more money to be made. And so they talked about it and decided they'd open a bakery together. Well, in the very end, right before we started building, my husband said, you know, you supply flour to so many great, great concepts and ideas. And I'm afraid when they find out you're a partner in the bakery, they're going to um, withdraw from you. And I don't want that for you. We'll be a very small account right now, but hopefully someday we'll be a great account for you. And, and we are their biggest account now. Of course so, you are. <laughs> Gary and I, Plunged ahead, and you know, when you mortgage your house, mortgage all your property, put every penny into something, you are highly motivated. And that's what we did with the bakery. <laughs> so, um, when we very first opened, I remember uh, my son, who was a senior in high school, would go down two o'clock in the morning and start mixing for Gary at the bakery. 
And then Gary had come along a couple of hours later, about four, and he would start um, forming the bread and getting it ready to go in the oven. But I couldn't stay home. So I went down and we had a tile floor out front and I would take a toothbrush and I would brush with Clorox and soap the little cracks to make sure that they were just looked perfect and they didn't look dirty at all. But I, I know it was because it made me nervous yes. because I was anxious that we would be successful and I wanted to do everything that I could my part to make us successful. We had it so you could look while we were baking the bread. Oh, and, fun. I guess. Well, it was, but you know, you only take the oven, the bread out of the oven for a couple of hours <laughs> and then you have this big huge oven right in the middle of everything well we got so busy that Gary said we've got to get the oven in the back of the store we're we're taking it out early in the morning we've just got the coffee and pastry people seeing the bread come out of the oven we'll we'll have to work at that some other way but let's get so we can have more room up front for people to stand in line and so in our original bakery, I, and I just have to smile about this, we had four tables and 16 chairs. And I thought, oh, well, people will come and have, you know, a, a morning beverage and have a nice pastry and that'll be it. And we'll sell loaves of bread happily to people. And um, gee, it just exploded for us. It didn't hurt that we were opening in December. And we've now made it a rule that you cannot open the bakery in the uh, fourth quarter because it's just too incredibly busy. So um, we remodeled again and again and again in that smaller building until we got 42 seats. And then my husband said, you know, Mr. Allen next door to us is selling. Let's buy his grocery store. And he had a huge parking lot and we'll build a building in the parking lot. And now we have 128 chairs. And there are probably about 10 or 12 times uh, a week that all of those chairs are filled. And it's, I just, I stand and cry because I could hardly ever imagine that we would uh, have so many customers that would be interested in what we were doing and what we were feeding people. It's inspirational, Colleen. It's, and it's also a mixture of, you can tell that you and your husband had a vision. Now, and sometimes our visions aren't even as big as what actually happens, which is what happens to you. <laughs> yeah, well, my husband says, when people ask him, did you think it'd ever be this successful? My answer is no. And his answer was, I hope so. Oh, I hope so. How wonderful. Now, geez, that's just, it's an incredible story. So your son immediately, one of your sons immediately started to get involved in the business. That's right. And our daughter who was in high school, she was a sophomore in high school. She would come after school and bake our pumpkin bread for us. And the pumpkin bread uh, our mixer was only a 30 quart mixer. Now we have 100 quart mixers, but she'd have to make three batches to have enough of the pumpkin bread. So yeah. she was our next family person who came and our daughter, Tammy, came and ran the cash register. We even had our son-in-law who was a dentist who programmed I the cash register and came and worked for us on his day off, which was the first day we opened. I read that and thought that is so fun that yeah. he would do that. That is so uh, it's it, I don't mean to say fun. That's so um, 
humbling and wonderful that he would do that. That's yeah. just incredible. The, the family is all just gathered around. I have two son-in-laws that are doctors. They're our biggest fans ever. And, but they'll come down and help out when needed. Their children all come Christmas and Thanksgiving, huge days for us. And um, I don't know, my doctor said, my daughter says, we don't need temporary help. We have family. <laughs> That's fabulous. Now, I want to talk a little bit about the recipes because the recipes are great. And you know what I loved about them, Colleen, is that you use one of them was you have a tortellini soup as an example. And I looked immediately and you tell people that they can buy, you know, a package of tortellini, which I love because no one except for probably two Italian cousins that I still have. <laughs> no one's making tortellini anymore. Okay? I mean, if it's the holidays and in my family, Colleen, not many of the, the true Italians, as we called, are still alive. But once right. I will make my grandmother Josephina's raviolis. Now, it takes all day. Okay, I don't. People say, "Oh, it's not that hard." They're lying. <laughs> <laughs> it takes all day, and then you have to let them dry, and you know, blah 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 blah. But the last time I made them, and my sisters, we served them, and they both looked at me and said, "God, this was so much work, and it's so kind of you. It was so nice of you." But I don't think these were as good as Josephina's. <laughs> I would take that back or you're never seeing these raviolis again. And that was, so I, I like your, that. I like your cookbook because it gives us, there's lots of tips and there's options for great recipes. Now going into the, here we are in fall. I love your French onion soup. And the reason is, is that it's, you, you have a great topping on top of the baguette. You add more than just uh, you put Swiss cheese, mozzarella and Parmesan on the little baguette toast in the float. I think that sounds utterly delicious. Matter of fact, it makes me want to make it. I'm going, it makes me want to make it this weekend. It sounds utterly delicious. Oh, and then, you. oh God, yes. And then honey, the other thing I love, again in fall, Nana's pumpkin pie. You have to tell us about Nana's pumpkin pie. Well, Nana is my husband's grandma who lived next door. She was, uh, left as a widow very early in her life, but she lived next door to them in Grantsville, Utah. And Nana was always at their house or they were always at Nana's. Well, her oldest grandson is my husband, Gary, and she would bake those pumpkin pies and then she would set them out on uh, the ledge of her window to let them cool. And she'd bake two pies and then she'd bake a little tiny pie. And so Gary would always find his way over there when he started smelling the pumpkin next door. And he would, what he thought was stealing, that little pumpkin pie. And then he'd go out in the barn and eat it all himself. <laughs> but I'm a grandma, so I know, Nana knew exactly what she was doing. Of course. Also, God, I love that. Uh, how wonderful and what a great relationship with Gary. How What a wonderful memory. This is... And you say this in your book, and I see, and I've ha been having this discussion a lot with several of my friends, which is why they're my friends. <laughs> I think food, I, I'm sorry, this is, it was, my father owned grocery stores. My grandfather was a butcher. So my whole life was food. Do you know what I mean? I mean, really, we, 
we would finish breakfast and say, what's for lunch? I still do it. My husband says to me sometimes when we're planning a trip, he goes, and what are we having when we land, Denise? What are, what are we having? <laughs> I go, I'm not sure yet, but I, but if you want to know, I'll figure that out. But I just think that food is the whole, re- you know, it's our memories. And you, I know what you just said. You said it's not only feeding yourself, but it's a soulful experience. And see, I believe that, Colleen. I think that it's, you know, and when you have to eat bad food, it hurts my soul. Right. People, yeah. This food hurts my feelings. Do you know what I mean? I would say this. <laughs> yeah. People would, when we were on shoots or long photo shoots or on long commercials and the lunch, the lunches got worse every day, I'd say to her, this is not a way to get a good crew to work. You know what I mean? <laughs> you need to- you need to feed our creative side. You need to feed our bellies and you need to feed our souls to make us want to work hard like this. Absolutely. I'm, I'm sure that's why your restaurant has been so success. Your restaurants have been so successful because you're feeding souls too. Well, we want to do that. We want people to feel good about coming. I think one of the biggest problems we have in the United States today is loneliness. And we have a lot of people who come into the bakery because we'll talk to them, we'll love on them, we'll yes. try to make their experience wonderful and the happy part of their day. And, you know, every occasion is filled with food. I mean, we're planning Thanksgiving dinner and I'm thinking it should be easy, right? We have the same things yes. almost every year, but it's not. We have to discuss it for weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. There, I want to say one thing to people about recipes, too. They're also a basic pie crust, Nana's pie crust. There's a pastry cream recipe in here. So really good. You know, that's to your comment. Um, I'm coming back to that in a minute. But I need to say something going, cookbooks today, so many of them. And I understand all cookbooks have different markets. I'm not I'm not criticizing anyone. But really, cookbooks are supposed to teach people to cook. Okay, right. that's what it means. So when I when I see a cookbook in this day and age that actually shows someone a basic recipe like pie crust and with good instructions and tips, you're helping that person. Do you know what I mean? If it, no one's going to learn to make pie crust in a TikTok, okay? They're right. not. <laughs> there isn't a <laughs> But it ain't going to happen. So that's why I like your cookbook so much. And I also love the sticky toffee pudding recipe. This looks utterly delicious. Another thing that my husband will absolutely love that I haven't made. I don't know if I've ever even made a sticky toffee pudding. I've bought them. So this is another goal that I have now from your cookbook. Um, Well, the sticky toffee pudding is interesting because at first when we put it out, I love it. But first, when we put it out, people just didn't want it because we listed the ingredients on it and and they saw what was in it and thought, well, I don't I don't like that. But it's magical when it's put together. People, I know what you're talking about, because you even say you say, don't skip the dates. People don't think they like dates. But in fact, dates are delicious and sweet. So they will like dates. I don't. I know it's very interesting what the, you know, I, uh, when you were talking about, it's very interesting, the persona that certain foods get or what people think about something or things that people would never eat. But then when they're given the opportunity and it's one done well, 
they think, oh my God, this is delicious. When you were talking about loneliness and people being able to come into your restaurant, Pauline, and someone says hello to you, do you know what I mean? And someone right. I, since I've retired, I take a long walk every day. I go to Pilates still. Cindy and I get to talk. I have two sisters. You know, we can, my sisters and I can waste more time on the phone than any three girls I know. But <laughs> we'll just keep talking. But it is a huge problem. And that's why food to me is such a connector. Do you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I and I know this, and I say this to new women that have retired, friends of mine that have worked forever and ever and ever, and now they're retiring. And I say to them, you got to get in a pattern, you know, and you have to create a new schedule for yourself. Otherwise, you're just going to, you know, it's not good. You don't feel like you're accomplishing anything and you don't feel like you're contributing. But I go to, this sounds... And I just talk about, this sounds funny, but I've never been a big fast food eater, Colleen, because I can cook. Do you know what I mean? Right. So mm-hmm. but, but they have put in, in my Target, where I go to sometimes after my chiropractor, they put in a Starbucks coffee bar. So they sell a little sandwich, a little hot sandwich at the Starbucks coffee place. And sometimes I haven't eaten. I've gone to the chiropractor. So I go out. But I have to tell you, the three girls that work at that counter, they're all young. They're all in school part time. One is cuter than the next. They're all adorable. <laughs> I go there and I have so much interaction with the three of them. Do you know what I mean? Getting a little tiny hot sandwich and a cup of right. coffee. It makes my day. And Absolutely. I, and then they, one of them is going to culinary school. So I brought her one of my cookbooks and one of oh. them was about something else. And anyway, my three girls. I love them. That's but it's awesome. Crazy. I'm getting so much because otherwise, of course, people are lonely. If you're alone, you don't have family. You, you maybe you've retired or you've been widowed. It can be, a, it's difficult, and that's you know, alienation is not a good thing. That's you know, well, that's we, a good thing. <laughs> we had a man once, but I I could tell a thousand of these stories, but I just still tell this one that. Please. Um, his wife passed away and he would come in every morning and get the same thing for breakfast. But it got so that my kids would uh, put a, a note on oh. his napkin when they took it out. And pretty one day he didn't come. And my crew was so upset and said, let's talk to the neighbors and see where he is. And he had had a horrible accident and broken his hip and was in the rest home. And he, my, my crew took him his favorite smoothie. One person took it to him every day, a different person, and then stopped and visited with him. I have amazing employees who really care. Well, as Italians would say, it comes from the head of the fish, Colleen. That's, (laughs) it comes from the head. No, it's true. Good, good people, people that, um, I, to me, now this is just me. I think most people want to do the best job they can in life. If, you know, and, and, and because it will also that builds your self-esteem, the harder you work or the better you are at something, it builds your own self-esteem and then you're able to help others. So I think that story makes me cry and how absolutely lovely. And I bet that man, I hope he I hope he got to come back to the restaurant when he recuperated. Well, he did, but he died about nine months later. But it was so special when all his family came to the uh, town for the funeral. Meters was their place. And oh. they had a big, huge celebration down there celebrating their father. And 
uh, often he would bring someone with him, like a neighbor or someone um, that was in the same predicament he was. And they all came and we had a great celebration of his life. I love that. You know, it's, it, again, it all comes to being around the table. It comes yep. to sharing and being around the table. One of the best women chefs in the beginning of the San Francisco um, um when women were just coming up in food and being able to own their own restaurants was a dear friend of mine, Joyce Goldstein. She's still alive. She's still in San Francisco. She does consulting. But she used to say to every single class that she taught at, you know, if all the mothers of the world cook together, we wouldn't have wars. And I, <laughs> and I, I think that all the time. Do you know what I mean? That yes, when you you don't when you're cooking with someone in the kitchen, you don't care what religion they are. They don't you don't care what the color of their skin is. You just want to yeah. cook together, and it could change. Uh, it changes a lot of dynamics. Okay, Missy, I cannot thank you enough for being here this morning. I know you're on busy. I know you've been on tour. I know you're in different time zones. I want. <laughs> Thank you for your your time this morning. There's so many lovely recipes in this cookbook. Now, you're going to sell it in all your restaurants, aren't you, Colleen? Yes, it's for selling all our restaurants, Deseret Book, Amazon. Um, I've had a few, few people that have been far away in the East that have purchased it and said, oh, you, you say to use this bread in it or this bread. And you can substitute some other sourdough bread, but you can also go online to shop at neaters.com and buy any of our bread and we'll ship it. I know that. I'm so glad you said that because I do want to taste your baguettes because it sounds delicious. And I know a lot about bread only because I eat a lot of bread. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> well, hearth bread's not that bad for you, I have to say. It just oh. warms your soul. It sounds wonderful. Well, please have a lovely rest of the day. Um, Miss Cindy, thank you for always keep keeping the the train on the tracks. And Colleen, I hope our paths cross again, but I am certainly, if I'm traveling, I'm going to look for your restaurants. And again, really, thank you. It, your cookbook is a joy. Thank you very much for being so kind. I want to thank everyone that listens. We love your comments. And when they're private messages to me, that's okay, too because it's nice to hear from you. If you need to reach out to Cindy and I, it's womanbeyond at icloud.com. Our Facebook page, that's where the, that's where the action happens. <laughs> so stop by and thank you so much. And I appreciate all of you and what you, that you listen and what you say to us. Okay, I think that's it. Miss Cindy always has to remind me about the clothes because I'm too excited about talking about the food. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Miss Cindy. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.